Are we allowed to talk about the your jouissance in the workplace piece? Because it seems pretty relevant right here. I mean, a little, I, I don't know because I'm reworking it. And so, look, we, it's not so much the piece. It's just the idea that, yes, in a job, it doesn't matter what job. Um, if, if, if a workplace has any form of functionality whatsoever, there's ways in which the workers violate the explicit rules of the workplace, but they violate them in such a way as to continue to reproduce the workplace. Right. They don't actually undermine it. They keep it going. And the thing is, if you deprive workers of whatever form of enjoyment they get out of their day, you make things function worse and worse. So you got to allow people to have, and here's the thing, right? Whatever form of enjoyment takes hold in a workplace, it's important to note the capitalists ain't doing that. Like right. all of this occurs outside of the view of the capitalists. So this is something workers spontaneously do among themselves. And again, it maintains a sense of freedom. They're sitting there going, ha ha, right. see, I'm not just completely locked in to the fucking rules this place imposes on me. I'll do this and I'll do that and we'll we'll do all, the, you know. And in transgressing, you're sitting there going, see, I'm free. I'm maintaining a distance right. from the official decrees of this place. But that's where the enjoyment itself is ideological. Because, yeah, but this sense of freedom actually just is what enables this place to keep reopening every day. Like, and so it, that's where our enjoyment in our workspaces actually is ideological. The reason I refer to the piece is just because it's on my mind, because I just read it pretty recently and I'm stoked about it. But basically you are developing a Zizekian uh, a, a theory of something that a lot of people don't realize when they are thinking about uh, building working class power and... Uh, the problems with like, 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 for instance, a person who goes into a workplace and is is from outside of this workplace and just wants to organize the workers, but brings with them their own kinds of, uh, I don't know, ethical sensibilities that they then start forcing down the throats of these workers. It's not going to work. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Let's make it more specific. If you're a professional yeah, like if you the the PMCs, right? The professional managerial class, the law, in those terms, right? Say so someone like that goes into a blue collar workspace, like the one I work in, right? They're not going to get anywhere with anybody I work with, and it's not racial, it's not gender based. My, I have you know, there's black people who work at my at my job. There's gay people, and the fact that they are your your blue collar industrial type of worker they have uh, an edge to them i don't care their race their sexual orientation any of that and they all all of them i don't care if they're republicans or democrats they hate the pc thing like they, oh. they all yeah they're right and so yeah if somebody walked in there and tried to impose what we think i you know sjw or uh, politically correct or woke or any of that, all of them. The, the, you know, I don't care if they're gay, black, <laughs> they all reject it. Yeah, no, it's everybody's punchline. It's the butt of every joke. It 
And you can see the point thing, right? Like I, I watch, I see Trump supporters sitting there with people who voted for Biden, some who like Bernie. I see them all sit there and they all together will joke about woke stuff, right? They, it's a big joke with all of them. And so it's funny to sit there and see this unfold. And then you, you try to imagine, well, what would it be for like a, one of these like liberal leftist professional managerial organ or types to come in and try to organize? It would never work. Yeah. It's at all. Happen. Yeah. And, and it's not, and this is where you see, it is a class thing. It's not a racial thing. It's not a gender thing. This is a class thing. And so, yeah, the form of enjoyment, the form of enjoyment that unifies everybody is offending these particular people, the people who earned A's, you know, through through school and now lorded over them at, you know, at making, you know, um, making these outrageous salaries. Right. Thing, right? Like, it's like, no, we get our enjoyment from offending you. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. All of them, you as a as a group of workers would all sit there and they would the, the mindset would be. We make it where you can go take a shit in public like we we we're in the distribution business. We we deliver toilet paper and paper towels and shit like that. Right. Like we're the reason you can take a shit at your university. And then you judge us for being obscene or what politically incorrect or whatever. And those type of workers, they just, they enjoy in a different way. And if somebody was to come in and try to be an activist or organizer or whatever, um, there's such a clash of enjoyment because the organizer is going to, trust me, the workers are going to detect real quick that this person places himself above the workers and thinks that they have like a greater insight into morality and ethics and everything. And there is a sense in which there's enjoyment at the workers expense. So the workers, I'm not saying it's even right, but the workers are going to end up enjoying at this person's expense. And so I'm just saying to get tapped into a group, whether it's right or wrong, like you have to accept groups and I don't care where they are. Groups have dark sides to them is the point. And that, and this is a Baudrillardian point, and he he makes it about terrorism. He, he had to paraphrase, he says, look, the only thing worse, again, paraphrase, the only thing worse than living in a society where there's terrorism is living in a society where there is none. And his whole point is, a society would have to be so authoritarian and terroristic itself to be able to make terrorism absolutely impossible Right. that... You wouldn't want to live in that society. So the idea to, to have a group that absolutely has no obscene form of enjoyment would actually be the most obscene form of enjoyment because what you would have to do to have a social order where no one could have any sort of inherent transgression would be so micromanaged and so strict that it would be libidinal in and of itself and how it would maintain order. And so... Libidinal, libidinal, libidinal in and of itself, in libidinal in and of itself, so as to maintain order, I, 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 I was, it's almost like, I was, I was, the, oh, shit. 
Well, first of all, I'm going to want you to just expand on that for a second because I was like, well, I think I know what you're talking about. But then I was like, well, shit, if I am thinking that, then a lot of people probably aren't getting it at all. So we'll talk. We'll have to talk about that. But it's windy out here. Like the my my tiny house is shaking right now. And uh, so I can't hear it. It's not coming through. All right. Well, things are banging around. And all, all I'm saying is that the Internet you have tornadoes out there. No, surprisingly, because we have crazy wind. But um, oh, I live in Tornado Alley. Oh, you do. Have you seen tornadoes? No, it's weird too. You've never it's been seen a one. Years, I think we've had any tornadoes. And growing up, th- I mean, this was always tornado season. They were like clockwork. And I don't. I mean, it probably climate change. I don't know how somebody would explain it, but we haven't seen tornadoes like we used to. But. Which which is scary because when one shows up, it'll probably be a Jeez. world record. Well, you just make sure to you know catch it on. You do a live stream. Um, I want to see it. I'm out of storage on my phone. You know this. You don't get any footage. Maybe maybe I'll see this. Maybe I'll see a tornado when I deliver this computer to you. Oh, there's that. So really quick, I wanted to do before we get back into things. Um. Yeah, so if the internet crashes, I'm sorry, everybody, and I miss you. Goodbye. But, you know, it could happen at any point, but we'll just have to just keep going like it won't happen. Um, But before we get back into everything, I wanted to let everyone know that this fundraiser for uh, Michael's computer um, is, well, I mean, it's still going on. And it's going really well. And I really wanted to say thank you to everybody who's donated so far. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for my mouse. Hold thank on. You a huge thank you. On my computer here. Yeah. So we've raised uh, for, for Michael's computer $746.11. Woohoo! Right? Amazing. And someone, someone with uh, first name David uh, donated twice and it added up to four hundred dollars so thank you david um thank thank you so much also Marilyn for what the 150 you know this the the interesting thing the crazy thing about the 746 dollars and 11 cents for your computer um is that it came from such a small number of people it's like eight people so amazing amazing thank you everybody And and i say it comes from 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 eight people, but one of those people donated one dollar and eleven cents. So really, it came from <laughs> seven people. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Um, and I'll I'll drop links in the in the chat here in a little bit. Um, so that anybody else who wants to donate here, basically, our buddy Chris is building uh Michael this epic computer, and then I'm gonna take it to him. Um. In Raytown, Missouri, and maybe Ann will be, you know, maybe Ann gets to go too. Well, I want. We, that's the that that's the goal, but we'll see what happens because basically we just have you know, to. I told you on the phone the other day. I'm like, no, your Ann's vegan ass ain't welcome here. <laughs> yeah, no, Kansas City's not going to put up with. Oh, them. I love you, Ann. I'm no just vegans. Speaking of, Ann is in the chat um, and is currently catching up, so she's not live. Oh, hey, she's not yeah. caught up live yet, but she's catching up because. Um, she was a little late to the stream because she had a bunch of stuff going on. Look, a lot of people are still just getting in. So welcome. Take your time. We're not in a hurry. Um, I know it's not funny when you explain jokes, but just for context, the reason I said that to 
uh, the joke about Anne being a vegan. I live in Kansas City, which is the barbecue capital of the world. So, right. There you go. And let's be honest, when I'm there, we're going to be going and getting a bunch of barbecue. So, well, yeah, it's like one day we got Arthur Bryant's, next day Gates, next day Jack Stack, then right. Joe's, then we can go Q39, we can go to LC's. Rude. I, I felt full for like a couple of weeks after that. We only... Especially me, like Arthur Bryant's, I've told you, Arthur Bryant's is my favorite by far, but Gates is a close second when Gates is good. But no, Arthur Bryant's, for those who don't know, Arthur Bryant's is arguably the greatest barbecue restaurant in the world. I certainly think it is. But wow. if you go there and you get food to go, they just wrap up food in paper and um, a ton of what well, it's it's. I don't even know the term for that specific type of paper, but it's kind of like a anyway, wax paper just, or something. Yeah, they but they take a huge handful of fries and huge handful of meat and bread, and they just throw it all together and wrap it up. And uh, Dave got to experience an Arthur Bry- Bryant deal <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yeah, we were talking about how the the jouissance of barbecue. Um, we'll have to get into that if we do this, uh, this stream on the phallus. One day we might just do a whole thing on food. Cause yeah. I mean, it is, especially Americans. I mean, I don't want to act like we have a monopoly on the enjoyment of food. Of course we don't, no. but there is something that sticks out, especially nowadays about how Americans enjoy or get jouissance through food. And we're talking about yeah. So, all right. Like that's the last thing in New York. Right? When they were, when when New York was talking about, I don't know if they ever did or not. I don't think they did. But when they were talking about putting limits on how much pop or soda, depending on what part of the country you're from, uh, they were talking about putting limits. Wait, 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 wait. Which do you say? We say pop. You say pop? Yeah. All right. Soda sounds weird to me. Yeah, we say soda. I, I, I grew up in a family that said pop, but I, I acclimated to a culture that said soda. I definitely never got into that mid, Midwestern soda pop shit. Saying soda pop? No. <laughs> but, but no, so I mean, that's the whole thing, right? You're not talking about, you're not limiting their beverage. You're limiting their jouissance. And pop is a huge source of jouissance for Americans. So is fast food. But the point is, Oh, well, it's bad for them. Yeah, that's where they like it. That's what death drive is. Like, and this whole, like, there's almost something classist about, oh, look at them with their obscene enjoyment and pop and McDonald's and shit. Yeah, well, you know what? If motherfuckers could afford to eat like Hollywood celebrities, some of them might. But when you're broke and your life sucks, Oftentimes, the shitty food you eat is a source of enjoyment, even though it's bad for you. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, if you can so just if you can I go into a, if you can go into Whole Foods and just load up one of those hot plates, it's going to cost you twenty bucks for lunch, uh, without really blinking, an, uh, you know, an eyelash about it. Then, you know, y- your your experience is, is well. I don't I don't I don't want to fucking hear about it, right? Like, <laughs> well, I don't that's ex- live as good as I used to. You know this. Okay, I used to eat better, but now that I can't do that, when I hear someone like Bill Maher try to lecture working class people about their shitty diets and them being fat and all this shit, 
Like, shut the fuck up, Bill Maher. Like, it's easy for you to be on your fucking high horse doing a new rules about Americans eating poorly. Did he do this? Fucking eat anything you want, whenever you want. You have a personal chef. Like, shut the fuck up. He did that, huh? Oh, he's done it many times. Many times I've seen him do that shit where, like, Americans need to just be more responsible with their food, with the food they eat, and they wouldn't put so much pressure on the healthcare system for being fat. Like, that's where I'm like, eh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah. It, again, that's where you're so unplugged from any type of Marxist analysis or anything. Like, or, or I'm sorry. People, I've told you many times, what makes us human is that we we want to enjoy. Any talk of just doing what's in our interest, which in Lacanian terms is pursuing pleasure, which I know is confusion, confusing because we're talking about enjoyment, then we start talking about pleasure, and colloquially speaking, they're the exact same thing. In everyday usage, pleasure and enjoyment are synonyms. So we have to realize there's a sharp distinction between enjoyment and pleasure when we're talking in a Freudian Lacanian context or Zizekian context. And pleasure has to do with doing what's in your rational self-interest, pursuing rational goals, um, maintaining your health, doing what's best for you in the long term, maintaining your stability, ensuring your personal and social security, all this kind of stuff, right? Tweezons is the opposite. It wants to burn all that shit up. It wants to enjoy in the moment. It wants, but it also repeat this form of enjoyment. But these two things are part of what it is to be human. And don't attack like human beings should just restrict themselves to some sort of homeostatic lifestyle that's all about balance and equilibrium. Sorry, humans want their excess. But at the same time, if all they have is excess, then, you know, it, that's catastrophe too. And so human beings are strung between these two tendencies death drive and pleasure principle and when you bring class into it when you okay yeah people want their forms of excess they want something that they gain jouissance from when you're when you're broke fast food or smoking cigarettes or whatever can be a form of enjoyment and that actually helps you get through your day even though it causes you problems at the same time right so that's what death drive it's like Death drive is the enjoyment you get from self-sabotaging yourself. But it's easy for rich people to speak from like the position of pleasure where you need to behave reasonably and take greater personal responsibility and eat healthier me meals and make better choices. Go fuck yourself. Now I'm going to fucking supersize this shit. Fuck you. Right. Like, I'm just saying, that's where these fucking professional moral guides think like oh you're you know they're so distant from what the average person's going through that and then they want to give the average person shit because they said fuck it and they want to eat chicken tender or chicken mcnuggets or whatever the fuck they want yeah like, so fuck you bill maher i pair you know yeah that's <laughs> right it's like you fucking liberal elite cocksucker fuck you um i was to go have a fucking I was gonna say, like, part of a lizard now. Like, I, I want us to to really drive home for me. Well, this has been kind of a a, a big realization. Um, thinking about the way that Jouissance and drive factor into something like this, because 
it's not just that the that someone like Bill Maher um, has more money. It's that he's gotten to experience things, different kinds of things, and and so so he's gotten to ex- in his development in the development of his subjectivity, he's gotten to experience a broader a- array of opportunities and options for ways. Uh, that his drive might take hold and that he might develop in a way that where where he doesn't need to do those things to get the same kind of payoff. His enjoyment can come from, I don't know, well, fucking models as I mean, he's known to date models, I guess. So and I'm not blaming him for that. Hey, you know, knock yourself out. Great. What are to you? Yeah. That's the whole point. Like, I mean, and you almost could get a kind of. Uh, like a morality of enjoyment from Christ's words, like fuck, you know, either, you know, judge yourself before you judge somebody else, right? Like that kind of ethics of, you know, if we don't don't, don't be so quick to judge somebody else's jouissance. What's your jouissance? Yeah, exactly. And what is what's the the biblical line? But like, uh. Take the moat from your own eye. I'm drawing a blank on the scripture. Yeah, don't worry about the sliver in in your brother's eye when you've got a a log in your own eye. Basically, there you go. Right. Yeah. Well, you do that, but apply it as weasons. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that when when one person sees other people going after somebody's form of jouissance, it's like, uh, you'd come for mine too. You know, you're not going. You're not coming for mine right now, but you would. You know, you you, you right. just so that create the distrust because like, you don't have an ability to mind your own business or live and let live. You know. Now look, okay. Here's the other thing, right? There's other. There are forms of weasons. We just have to oppose. So one example, Jack yeah. gives is the kind of racial violence that was part of the organization of a society where the Ku Klux Klan got to run things. Like, nah, there comes a point, yeah, fuck your enjoyment. You don't get to do that to people. The end. And right. absolutely, like, there uh, there are the Nazis' form of enjoyment. No, fuck your jouissance. You don't get to have it. But yeah, just because there are these incredibly extreme forms of oppressive, sadistic forms of jouissance, we see those, and then we can have some default, like, oh, all of that needs to go. And the point is, those are extreme examples, and jouissance can always lead to those incredibly destructive outcomes, but it's always going to be with us. And so the it's not an idea of just getting rid of these obscene forms of jouissance. The idea is to have better forms of it. And so this is why death drive to me is such an important concept. It makes it where you go, look, utopia is not going to happen. Human beings have this inherent death drive built into them they enjoy their own self-sabotage they enjoy breaking apart the social order etc but they also have this other tendency that wants stability and pleasure and equilibrium and so the point is is that there yes there are forms of jouissance that we can't tolerate but we also have to accept that Jouissance is going to be with us, and to try to eradicate it entirely is itself a form of oppression. Like, it's a way to just drive us insane. Like, we have to be able to have some forms of jouissance 
some forms of excess self-destruction to be able to reproduce ourselves each day <laughs> right and okay. if and if the okay. utopian and if the utopian planner who says well i think it could be otherwise wants to actually make a better world then you have to like think okay so be strategic pick your battles don't don't take away everybody's opportunities to uh, to enjoy. Otherwise, there's not going to be that inherent transgression in the system that allows the system to function, right? So you're trying to set up a system that's inherently impossible. Now, a person could also say, "Well, you've just snatched, or you, or Zizek, because you're kind of you're 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 presenting the Zizek in position here, but you're just you're at you're you're speaking." Well, I mean, I'll just own it. I I I I own it. I agree with them on this stuff. Okay, so you've one could say you've naturalized um a conservative argument from sin nature where it goes well you know socialism or communism looks good on paper but the fact is is you know people people say they want one thing and they do another and they're just because they're fallen and um yeah but i don't think i mean look i mean even i'll just Zizek explicitly links Paul's whole thing about sin and the law and like sin came when the law came and all this kind of stuff from, I believe it's the book of Romans. Zizek does this in particular subject. And I don't know. I just don't have a problem with like, I, and, 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 okay, to stand back for a second, if anything is naturalized, it's the, it's the ontologies of dualism or, the ontologies of, uh, you know, substance. What psychoanalysis is doing is saying that we are split internally. We are split inside of ourselves. And it's not that I am what I am independently from everything else. And then I happen to find something that I end up in having a conflict with. That's dualism. But when you take the dialectical approach or the psychoanalytic approach, you're, you're, arguing for an ontology which is an ontology of things being at odds with themselves like this is why Deleuze and Guattari don't like Hegel Deleuze and Guattari their whole thing with being against negation you want to go well what's the big deal Hegel and Zizek they talk about negation uh Deleuze and Guattari talk about difference well isn't a difference just the negation of one thing juxtaposed to the other like they're really, it's far different when it comes to ontology because the whole thing about Hegelian negation, or as McGowan would rather call it contradiction, is that a thing is split within itself, right? Um, whereas for Deleuze and Guattari, they're not going to think of things as internally split, internally at odds with themselves, which is to say things having a negative relationship to themselves. Um, Sure, things can go bad, but for Deleuze and Guattari, it's like a bad encounter. Like, a thing is in the process of becoming, and then it encounters something that stifles it or gets in its way. But it itself is not stifling or getting in its own way. And so when Deleuze and Guattari, you know, when Deleuze says stuff about Hegel on negation or negativity, it's a, there is a really big ontological difference here. And... I don't know. I just, I find myself seeing things when I, when I watch states of affairs, I see how things are internally split. So 
again, this is getting off track, but I want to get back to the main point of the lecture here. But In an attempt to bring in new people to the world of philosophy and theory while building on relationships already established, we are doing a countrywide tour of the United States this fall. What's up, guys? It's Anna Dave. Are we coming to a city or a town near you? Do you think there is a venue or audience in your local region that would be interested in a lecture or facilitated discussion about existentialism, critiques of therapism, PMC ideology, self-help, introduction to philosophy, or the time-energy critique of any of those things. This speaking and discussion facilitation tour will include the Pacific Northwest in mid-August, the Kansas City, Missouri area late August or early September, Philadelphia at the beginning of October, and really we're gonna be all over the area there, hopefully, so get in contact with us if you think that we should come visit your state Phoenix Arizona mid-October in SoCal especially San Diego late October I say especially San Diego because we already have our guide for the San Diego region what's the difference between a host a guide and a volunteer you ask well thanks for asking actually the volunteer role is for people who want to put up posters or in other ways promote the events that will be occurring in their town or city whereas the host might have a guest bedroom guest house or a place that we can park our van so we can sleep in our van we need to know if you would have like bathroom facilities or anything like that and so the form on the website is where you can tell us what you have to offer guiding on the other hand though people who love to guide take a lot of pride in their local knowledge a good example of that would be Michael Downs when I visited him in Raytown, Missouri, and he took me into Kansas City and we had barbecue and he took me to the mall and to all these other landmark places from his life growing up there. Um, but a more recent example would be my friend Michael in Poland who took us around Katowice, Poland and basically gives a historical and sociological analysis of everything and it was amazing. It was, it was one of the coolest things we've ever experienced and it made us realize some people just want to provide the space and privacy whereas other people want to take you out and show you around and so if you're interested in being a volunteer host or guide we have a special form for that so please fill out your information and uh, get in contact with us as soon as possible so we can fit you into the schedule because we'll love to meet you touch base with the local community and if you don't think anyone else in your area is interested in the things that you're interested in, if you don't think anyone else is into this stuff, well, we might be able to surprise you. When I saw that poster, Bolgrillard in Boise fucking Idaho, are you kidding me? It was virtually an, an answer to an unspoken prayer, you know, really was. And I just couldn't believe that somebody was interested in the things that I was interested in that I had been interested in for years and had kind of given up on in, in futility. I'd labored in solitude for so long, I had no one to talk to about it, no one to bounce ideas off. This tour is going to bring together a lot of people who want to be based in text with the people they're in conversation with and 
yeah, I think it's gonna be a fantastic year. Uh, the only other thing that I wanna say is that Michael Downs' first book is gonna be published by Theory Underground really soon here. I've got another book coming out really soon here. These books will be spread throughout the United States on this tour. So I'm hoping to be able to do some actual book launch events at various bookstores. Outside of that, I guess the last thing that I would say is that Michael Downs is gearing up to teach For They Know Not What They Do by Slavoj Žižek. We're putting out all these introduction videos and other interviews related to the topic of Hegel, Lacan, Žižek because we want to give people an accessible and sturdy basis in the discourse. The problem is, is that Michael Downs is very busy having to work at a wage slave job. And so if you want to help in freeing Mikey, make sure to go to his Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the dangerous baby and make a donation. Thank you. I would be remiss to close this out without a quick shout out to our patrons and our anonymous donors. Thank you so much for the donations already. We've only been around for a month. We already got over $3,000 in donations. Um, and so thank you and uh, stay tuned for the app, which is on its way. There will be a Fury Underground app so the current setup is that it is a social media site built around courses where you can suppose that people who are involved in the discussions have a shared interest in the same or similar texts and where you can assume in a lot of the discussions that yeah people have read the stuff that you're reading uh that you're bringing into dialogue and so uh for instance the idea of the university by carl jaspers dedicated for it for they don't know what they do dedicated for him and then as people take the course over the years new people will be coming into that forum and so if you get in there early you'll be able to see how the conversation evolves and as new people add into the conversation it'll bring back memories and like things that you want to work through questions that you had with the first time that you read the text and so i'm really excited for this the reason i've built this website is because i think that this is what's lacking in so many other spaces is that ability to return to be able to communicate after the fact and in a sustained way on a platform that's not attention grabby and annoying like discord and so stay tuned because there is an app on the way thank you to our donors if you want to donate go to theory-underground.com forward slash support thank you